everybody, welcome back to Challenge the Call with Max and Avery. I'm your host, Max. And I'm Avery. How are you guys? Um, so we missed an episode last week. We both had some stuff going on. I'm in a bit of a transition period as our season just ended and I'm doing recruiting now. And I know Avery's got some other stuff going on too. And so, sorry about missing, but we're going to do our best to keep that from happening again. So, we got a full loaded episode today. So, Avery, why don't you get us started with some notable game recaps? Yeah, um, so notable games. I want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings going to the Buffalo Bills. That Minnesota was a crazy was, one. It was a good-ass game. Minnesota, they were 7-1, and one, and Buffalo was 6-2 and two at the time. And Minnesota pulled it off. I didn't believe in Kirk Cousins. Um, what what did you see from that game? Uh, first of all, the Vikings won 33-30. to 30. Um, Yeah, that was just absolutely great. I didn't expect the Vikings to pull it off either. You would think looking at the records, yeah, a one-loss team going against a two-loss team, like, it's somewhat understandable. But it's the Bills we're talking about. The Bills against the Vikings? What? But Vikings are sneaky good, I guess, this year. Right, yeah. No, and, like, we've talked about this in the past. Are the Vikings that good? Like, are they fraudulent? And I feel like a lot of haters got shut up. Uh, This was a must-win game. And I feel like a lot of haters got shut up, and they're like, hey, no, we're that good. We're that good. Um, For sure. They definitely showed, hey, we're not just the best of the shitty teams in the North. Like, we can take on the Bills and we can come out the other side. But I didn't even think it was going to happen way up until the end when they got, what, they got shut out in the end zone. Bills bills were up and just, like, that, that was game right there. But then... Just what a wild ending. What a wild last, like, five minutes of that game. Just, like, that is the reason you watch football, is finishes like that are just entertaining. For sure. And people forget the Bills were up 14 points. They were up by 14. Um, One thing I want to talk about Minnesota moving forward with this game is, like, I still, I think, I still have question marks. They might be 8-1, and one, but I still have question marks because the only primetime game they've played all year is against Philadelphia, and there's that stigma out on Kirk Cousins that he can't win primetime football games. And so I want to see your take on that. What do you think? I don't know. Do you, do you consider every playoff game a primetime game? <laughs> I do. Like, that's where so. I'm coming from. Yeah, that'll be that'll be the key then there is okay, hey, we made playoffs, we're in, let's go. Oh playoffs are prime time. Here comes Kirk Cousins, like first game, how's that gonna work? But I don't I don't know, I'm excited to see it. I think I think the Vikings has been a little while, so I'm I'm happy for them that they're they're doing decent, even if they are in division. It's it's whatever. We I don't think we expected much this year, so Vikings go tear it up. That's great. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, Justin Jefferson cemented himself as probably the best wide receiver in the league. He was the guy. The, just 
the amount of catches, the way he caught the ball, just the moments that were huge to them that Jefferson made. Like, he was the playmaker all game long. Like, you can almost accredit the Vikings win solely to that man right there. Like, he played his absolute best. For sure, yeah. And so, and this is funny, right? Because Stephon Diggs used to play in Minnesota. And I know they talked about this a lot in the game that the Bills actually traded away their first round pick for Stephon Diggs. And, you know, Stephon Diggs had a hell of a game. But imagine Justin Jefferson on the Buffalo Bills. That would have been incredible. I think it'd be pretty comparable. um, Stephon Diggs, he, he didn't go off off this game the same way Jefferson did or anything. But you compare their overall just seasons as a whole their games as an average and Stefan Diggs is just as every bit good as Justin Jefferson he is still a dog and he still gets it done so well for sure yeah and so like I don't know this game was just incredible to me and I want to talk about another team that blew a 14 point lead and the Dallas Cowboys they were ahead I, I I can't remember the score. It was I think it was twenty eight to fourteen at that point, and they ended up losing in overtime, which is just astonishing to me. Right. So yep, the Packers went down to Dallas, played the Cowboys, and lost thirty one to twenty eight. So ah, uh, that raises that question mark with the Packers a little bit of hey, um. They looked real bad at the beginning of the season, but they've also been in this exact spot before. They've been down, like, losing record, and then made an amazing run to get to the playoffs and get to the championship in the NFC. So is this another just typical year for the Packers? Are they about to make a big run? So I was getting nervous about that, and I know we're recording after Thursday night game, but Tennessee kind of shut them up. And I'm so happy that Tennessee shut them up. I was happy to see that, too. I was I was getting a little worried there at the end. I was like, oh, God, here he comes, Aaron Rodgers, for his two-minute drive. Like, this, that's the not the scenario you want to have if you're the Tennessee Titans. But they pulled it off. They pulled it off. And so, like, going back to this Cowboys game uh, and the Packers game, 194 and one the Cowboys have won a hundred nine they were a hundred ninety four and0 going into this game by leading by 14 points in the fourth quarter Damn. now they are a hundred ninety four and one and I want to give a shout out to uh, a guest speaker that we had that's a huge Cowboys fan Philip uh, he's the one that gave me that stat it's just ex- astonishing to me so um Tough yeah, he's break pre- for our boy Phil. We're we're sorry out there, Phil. <laughs> he uh, he's pretty uh pretty upset right now. Let's just say that. But I can um, imagine. Yeah, what a game! What a game! And uh, uh, unfortunately, I hate it because like I love seeing underdogs win, but I don't like seeing when Green Bay's the underdog and they win. <laughs> yeah, no, there are certain teams that 
Yes, I'm the same way. I love an underdog win. I love a record equalizing win. So whoever has the better record, I, I want those records to be more comparable by the end of the match. Um, but there are certain teams that are an asterisk to that, that they're a caveat. And the Packers is one of those. Like, I don't care if the Packers are 0-10 going against fucking Washington or something. Like, I, I want to see the Packers lose every game. <laughs> and I know we didn't put this in the game, but uh, I wanted to shout out Washington for uh, beating undefeated Philadelphia, by the way. Washington is sneaky a lot better than anyone expected. I mean, I think it all started with their victory against the Bears. Like, that was appalling to me. I hated it. And then after that, they go on to beat some – other decently notable team, I was like, okay, maybe the Bears' loss to them doesn't look as bad as I originally thought because they're not doing too horrible. Well, Washington is 5-5, five and five, and Carson Wentz getting hurt was the best thing for the Washington Commanders to ever have happen because Taylor Heineke, know, oh, my God. I don't know why they ever even took Wentz. Like, I Personally, I am not a fan of Carson Wentz. I've never liked him. I don't think he's good. I don't know why every team thinks he's going to be their guy. He sucks. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. And Taylor Heineke, the cool and fun thing about Taylor Heineke is, like, you never know what kind of Taylor Heineke you're going to get. And it just reminds me of Ryan Fitzpatrick. When he played in the league, you never it was either Fitzmagic or Fitztragic. And that's with Taylor Heineke. Like it, it's just like, oh, you're gonna have this Taylor that balls out and looks like he's a top ten quarterback, or you're gonna have this Taylor and there's a reason why he wasn't in the NFL three years ago and he was in the XFL. Like, it's just incredible to me and I hate it because as a Wash if I was a Washington fan, the consistency would just drive me mad. That's that's the part that is tough. Like Heineke, love him. I think he's a little underrated, but yeah, that inconsistency that's a huge issue that you can't have in this kind of a league. Um, so getting into the other game, I know you have on here, Cardinals and the Rams. Ah, uh, talk about that. I know you wanted to mention that a little bit. Yeah, speaking of an inconsistent quarterback, Kyler Murray, an inconsistent quarterback, uh, beat the Rams this week to move to four and six, dropping the Rams to three and six, twenty-seven to seventeen. Um, a lot of bad things happened for the Rams. Um, well, one, they are the defending Super Bowl champs, and they're sitting at three and six. Are you kidding me? It's that insane. Always that always astonishes me. When I see a team just in one season go from we won the Super Bowl to our team fucking sucks right now, or even vice versa, like you finish 1-16 and, and then go on to play in the championship. Like that just the amount of change that can happen in one season is just astonishing to me. It's kind of like everybody says it any given Sunday. In a comparison, Cincinnati, they were that 1-16, and, and they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, but exactly. there is a couple of big losses. Cooper Cup is hurt for an extended period of time. And with the Rams already 3-6, and six, I think their playoff shots are dead. And I... 
and they don't even have first round draft picks. So because they traded them off for Matt Stafford. So I I don't know what direction this Rams team's going. But at least they got their Super Bowl last year because I don't think I don't see one in the near future. Hmm. They they definitely they definitely I don't think they would have gotten there anyway. I think they were already like they they're not good. They're not good. So I don't know if Cooper Cup even makes a difference this last however many games are left. I they were down and out for the count long before that. Um, for sure. One last bit of news for y'all. Uh, I keep I've keep seeing this a couple times and I had to look it up for myself, but there is a blizzard coming to Buffalo. So the Bills versus Browns game is going to be played in Detroit. Interesting. What what do you think about that? Uh it would have been really I think the NFL robbed us of a really fun and awesome game to watch. Uh just imagine 6 foot 6 Josh Allen as the, you know, abominable snowman or a yeah, it would have been incredible. Um, but I think um, I think it's going to be a really eh, game. It's the Bills and the Browns. I mean, yeah. I love watching the Bills, of course, but the Browns, they've really underperformed this year in Detroit. Definitely. But, the, Bills, the Bills are still the Bills. The Bills are still going to do good. I just, like you said, they robbed us of a fun, snowy game, like, have they ever moved a game like this? Like, it's a blizzard. Like, I mean, I could see Hurricane coming to Florida, you know, you're going to move the Dolphins or somebody somewhere out. But, like, a blizzard? Really? The Bears have played, like, two shitty weather games already this season. Like, suck it up. Deal with it. It's some snow. Go play a game. For sure, and I agree. I think it would have been a really fun game to watch. I think one thing is that Buffalo was concerned about not having the field ready since it's a noon game. And so I think, you know, logistics, but who cares? Like you said, go suck it up. Play the game. I mean, I remember this game from 2013. The Eagles and LaShawn McCoy, like, tore up. I don't know who they played. I just remember it was, like, an incredible snow game. And I, it's still in my pictured in my head because it was just incredible snow game in Philadelphia. It's the no fun league. That's what the NFL stands for now. <laughs> no fun league. I just thought that was an interesting, like, oh, why are they playing in Detroit? Oh, there's a blizzard. Okay. <laughs> but moving on here, we'll get into our main segment, as always. Bear Central. So first things first with the Bears or us missing last week. The Bears did lose to the Dolphins, uh, 35-32. So back-to-back, we put up over 30 points, one on the Patriots and then on the Dolphins now. Um, I arguably think we could have won that game. I know I was talking to Avery about it, and I really, really wish the Bears, on their very, very first opening drive, would have gone for it on fourth, potentially got the touchdown, and instead of end up being down 7-3 they would have been tied 7-7 four extra points obviously wins us the game I would have liked to see that happen but I'm still proud of them like holy shit they put up 32 points and they put up 33 last week or not last week but the week before against the Patriots the Bears have an offense what do you think about that yeah no I agree um uh like I said uh I don't know, like 35, 32. 
And Justin Fields is leading you down the field. And you're about to get in field goal range for Cario Santos to kick the game-winning field goal. Or game-tying field goal. And uh, um, St. Brown, on 4th and 10, drops it. It, it was in his hands. It was a beautiful place ball. He only needed a hand, hold on to it. And, you know, Cario Santos might have missed it because uh, we just noticed that this next game that we're going to talk about. But I just think, uh, yeah, the Bears have an offense. It's pretty incredible to watch. Uh, there's another statistic out there that we are the first team in NFL history to score over 30 points in five games. And uh, lose all five games this year. So uh, that's uh, gotta, that's a beautiful stats. Yeah, I gotta love having stats like that, right? Like, hey, you broke a re- league record. Really? That's cool. Yeah, the record is you suck. Oh, also, thanks. Yes. Uh, speaking of records, uh, Justin Fields during this game broke the all-time rushing quarterback record. Uh, for a game, passing Mike Vick that was at 173 uh, back in 2006, Justin Fields hit 178 yards rushing. That's incredible. I love Justin, Justin Fields. Justin Fields is officially the guy. It's it's exactly like we've been saying all season long. He hasn't gotten out of his rookie year. He hasn't gotten through 16 games. He's still fresh. It's still his first that Patriots game, that very first game, that was not le- technically his second year now. Like, he's playing his second set of 16 games of the NFL. Look what happened. 33 points. 32 points. And, newsflash, we did lose to the Lions this week, 31-30. to 30. Still broke 30 on points. So, we've scored 30 points at least three games in a row now. And... Fields is Fields is taking the load. Like he's running all over the place. He had like a 70-yard run. That was crazy. I love watching that. Like he's mobile, he's good, he can sling the ball still. It's it, like he's not one-dimensional. He's not just a rushing quarterback. He can still throw, and I love that. Yeah, um I might get on a soapbox here for a second. I've been hearing so many analysts talk about Justin Fields, you mentioned he can do it all, right? I agree. He can do it all. I hear so many people talk about he's a running quarterback, and he compares him to Lamar Jackson, or he compares him to Michael Vick. He's not compared to Michael Vick. He's 6'4 and 230, and he can lay the wood. He can lay the wood. If anybody in the NFL he should be compared to, and he has a cannon for the arm, the quarterback up in Buffalo. That's his ceiling. He is essentially could be a Josh Allen, 100%. He's definitely, he's definitely way more comparable to Josh Allen because I, I remember one play real specifically. I forget if it was the Dolphins or the Lions, but it he was, was running for – Was it Detroit? He was running for the corner of the end zone. He had a end right on his back. He had a safety or a backer just in front of him, and he fucking pancaked that guy to get into the end zone he didn't he didn't run for the pylon he didn't reach it out he did he turned it upfield and he ran through the dude like he he does more than run he does it all and he can take a beating I, I, that's the biggest thing is 
your running quarterbacks make you nervous sometimes because, you know, they get banged up, they get injured, they go out. But Justin Fields, I think he's already proven very well. He can take a fucking beating, and he's fine. He goes in. He plays out. He's incredible, and I'm just, dude, being a Bears fan and waking up to having Justin Fields every day, it's just, it feels wrong. It feels wrong. It just feels wrong. Uh, but something that's going to piss me off is, do we have kicker issues again? Because the reason we lost this game in Detroit was because of Cario Santos. And I love Cario Santos because he's been Mr. Consistent. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I don't know. I hope we don't have kicker issues. I mean, Cairo Santos is obviously a good kicker. Like, he hasn't had issues before these past couple of games. So I don't know what's going on with him and why he's missed a couple. Hopefully going into this next game, he gets out of his own head a little bit, and it's fine. But oh, oh. I guess we'll see what happens here. Alrighty, so getting into our next game, we've got the Falcons coming up. Uh, the big question mark for me that I want to see is, are we going to continue our 30 points a game streak, or are we going to bust it? Because even when you look at the past few games, we've gotten 30 plus, but it's also gone from 33 to 32 to 30, so it's trending in the downward direction. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think if we beat, I think we will end up scoring less than 30, but we'll beat the Falcons. I think it'll be like 27. So you think the defense will hold a little bit truer in this game? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the last couple of offenses that we have faced, I know Jared Goff's not special, but they have a better offense than Mariota and the Atlanta Falcons. They have more skill positions, like Amon uh, St. Brown, and like uh, they don't have TJ anymore, but they have DeAndre Swift, and they have Jamal Williams. I think they're a lot better team on the uh, offensive side of the ball. And so, yeah, I, but the Atlanta Falcons, they have a better defense. That is true. So that'll be the big question mark. Uh by the way, the Bears are underdogs by three points, and the over-under is 49 and a half. So, Avery, you say you take the Bears winning? <laughs> I think it's going to be a 27-17 to 17 ball game, and we get in the win column, unfortunately. I like it. Um, I'll also, I'm, I'm going to take the Bears' money line. I think we win this game. It's the Falcons. I, I just I can't imagine the Falcons being a good team maybe a mediocre team at best but hopefully our offense will be able to outpace anything they can produce um i think it'll be a good game i i take the bears money line on it i think i think we are much improved offensively defense needs work now but i really like the direction the offense is taking uh, yeah and the reason i said unfortunately before is uh max already knows um, but I would like the Bears to lose every single game this year. Just saying. That's all. Yep. I, I'm not a fan of the 
lose to draft pit. I I don't believe in it. I think as any coach, player, team, supporter, fanatic, you want to see your team win. I don't care the situation, what's going on, overall plot of what I, like you want wins. You want Ws. I cannot reasonably sit by and say, hey, I'm glad the Bears put down a loss to this one. If they could have won, they should have won, and I want them to do so. And I'm not saying that I want them to lose. I kind of do. What I'm saying is I want to see progression. And if we lose, but I see progression, I'm okay with that. But what progression are you seeing in the past three weeks? Because like I've said, we went from 33 to 32 to 30. And for me, it's real big on teams. Like when we played the Dolphins and we lost by three, I was still excited because I was like, holy shit, it's the Dolphins. We put up 32. I'm ecstatic. When we lost to the Lions by one, I put a fucking hole in my wall. It is the Detroit Lions. That just shook me at my core. Like, it is very team-dependent for me. Like, the Dolphins, I get it. I love it. I think we could have won if we changed a couple things. Maybe if the refs, you know, didn't make a couple of the calls. There was a questionable pass interference. But um, still, like, I'm satisfied with that loss. That's a whatever loss. The Lions... I hate the motherfucking Lions. I don't ever want to see us lose to them. I don't care if we are tanking for a season. If we're going to tank for a season, I want to be 1-15 beating the fucking Lions. I'd rather be 2-15 and and beat the Packers than the Lions. Well, obviously. (laughs) But uh, I get what you're saying, and I really do. But you asked me what progression are you seeing? I'm seeing progression in the quarterback position. I'm seeing progression in Jack Sanborn on the uh, on the defensive side. He had a pick that was called back against Detroit. I'm seeing the replacement for Roquan Smith. I'm seeing progression from David Montgomery that started the year slowly. I've been seeing Chase Claypool get involved in the system. I've been seeing Cole Komet emerge. So I don't care if we're losing and it's helping our draft stock. I'm seeing individual per, uh, progression that will help out in the long are run you seeing, in next year. Are you seeing it between games, though? Because, yes, obviously there's been progression in the quarterback uh area like if you look at the beginning of the season to now a ton has progressed and i love it and that's great but if you look hyper specifically at the lions game and the dolphins game did we play any better than in the lions game than we did week two against the dolphins because progress is about a game to game improving i'm not saying we aren't better than we were at the beginning of the season we obviously are I'm saying, in the Lions game, did we do any better than we did in the Dolphins game? No, I I don't honestly think we did, but I think the coaching was better. I think the coaching was better on the... uh, We had a better... Like, Matt Eberflus looked more confident in Detroit. Uh, I think the refs kind of fucked us in both games, and I think that's been kind of happening all year long. It's so easy to say that, though. As a fan of a team, oh, the refs fucked us. Oh, the refs fucked us. But this year, to be honest, we've lost multiple games because of the fucking refs. 
I hate to say the that. Dolphins. The Dolphins was definitely the most questionable. I mean, I guess I haven't seen all of our games fully through, so there's probably a lot of others I'm missing as well. But the Dolphins, I know there were a couple of big ones. There was pass interference called against us that questionably shouldn't. It, it, it's one of those scenarios where we had pass interference called on us, and then the Dolphins did not have pass interference called on them when the Dolphins had worse interference than we did to me like like great you can call it pass interference or not but if you call one of them and not the other then that's where the issue is one of those should have been different whether you no call ours or you call the dolphins as well regardless one of those was off and that definitely screwed us over in that sense so i know the dolphins game yes it obviously is the easy fan right. cop out like i'm not a big believer in it right um, and I agree, like, you're mentioning the Dolphins game, but I can name two more games, Dante Pettis and Washington. Dante Pettis, right before Darnell Mooney dropped that touchdown, he got killed out there in the end zone. I don't know if you remember watching that on Thursday night. It should have been a P.I. call. And hands to the face by Jalen Johnson. I know he had a terrible game against Detroit. He had a terrible game against Detroit, but that was such a ticky-tacky call. And guess whose interception that was? Jack Sanborn's. And yeah. guess what? That would have ended the game. We would have ran out the clock. See, so, and that's 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 what makes me the most upset with that, too. Is because when – that's the key difference between, like I'm saying, I'm okay with the loss to the Dolphins and I'm pissed against the loss with the Lions. And that is the biggest difference right there. Is in the loss to the Dolphins, we played well. We did good. Our pennant, we had minimal penalties. We didn't do a lot of big fuck-ups or anything. We played our best, and we lost to the better team. At the end of the day, that's all fine and good. But when it comes to the Dolphins, we get two hands to the face, back-to-back, like you said, one of them being a pick that would have ended the game. We have penalties galore. I don't know exactly how many penalty yards we gave up in that game, but I would bet that it was close to 100, which is literally a field's length. And so that's where I start getting pissed. That's where you're going to start making me really upset, is when you should win, you could have won, and you fucking drop the ball. Like, when you don't do the things you're supposed to do, i.e. not getting penalties, not jumping off sides, and... You know, receivers catching the ball when it hits your hands. If you aren't doing the little things, that's when you're going to upset me with your losses. And that's the other thing. Uh, it might actually come back to the coaching. They were very undisciplined against Detroit. If we didn't have all those penalties, we probably would have won that game. We should have won, won that game. Easily win that game. But I also think it comes back to the refs. Because a lot of those penalties are kind of bullshit. I hate to say it. it that is true. But, and there, there are some instances, though, where you do have to play with certain refs. Um, I'll get into this a little bit later, but just like the Iowa basketball game that they just played, they called fouls galore. And it wasn't one-sided or anything. It was definitely both ways. But I think sometimes, as a player, you just have to be cognizant of how touchy the refs are and how they see things, and you have to adjust your play 
to how things are being called a little bit, especially as a professional. That should be something you should be able to easily do in your game. For sure. All right. But, uh, so that was a long bear segment there. So we'll get moving on into our, our college stuff. We do have one notable game that I know, uh, everyone to mention here. Cause the unranked Washington beat the number six ranked Oregon ducks. So, yeah. uh, so go with it. <laughs> uh, Washington, they beat the Oregon ducks in overtime, 37 to 34. Um, and I'm only going to talk about this briefly is because the Oregon ducks, they had legitimate playoff chances and it's getting that time of the year. And we'll get talking about this more and more as the season goes on, but yeah. And so a two loss pack 12 team is definitely not going to the college football playoffs. So uh, that's all I wanted to talk about. It was a pretty good game. Uh, Bo Nix is a Heisman candidate for Oregon, and he looked incredible, but Washington looked like the better team on the field that day. So um, I want to shout out one other thing. TCU is ranked number four right now, and uh, Max Dugan, that's uh, the starting quarterback for TCU. He's from Council Bluffs, Iowa. So he's an Iowa boy, and he's right down the street from uh, where I'm from. And I like to see him, like, ball out. And so let's go Horn Frogs. Let's see if they had a big game against Texas. Love love seeing, seeing kids from Iowa go on and be successful, both in college and in the NFL if they get there. Always happy to see it. Good for Max Dugan. Uh, going forward, we definitely are going to get in, more into the college football playoffs as they are coming up. So you guys are going to start seeing a little more tracking from us of the top four, questionably top six teams that could possibly get in. And so be prepared for some coverage on that. But without further ado, we'll get into our college football team with Let's Talk Hawks. So uh, once again, with missing the week, we have to go back a little bit. Iowa at Purdue. We won it 24-3. How did you feel about that game, Abe? Man, 24-3, and our defense looked amazing. Our defense always looks amazing. And Spencer, Spencer, yeah, Spencer Petrus, yeah, Spencer, (laughs) words are hard, sorry. Uh, Spencer Petrus actually looked like a capable quarterback in this game. And Laporta got involved, and, uh, I'm just kind of proud because everybody called us dead in the water. And here we are. We beat Purdue. And then everybody's like, oh, Iowa's 5-4. and four. All right, but they're going to lose to Wisconsin. And we, we more than beat Purdue. We beat them 24-3. to three. We beat them by three possessions. So that is super awesome to see. Going into your Wisconsin comment, we did also beat Wisconsin 24 to 10 and with that win officially become bowl eligible. Remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about I was not even going to make a bowl. We suck. We our our offense can't get nothing going blah 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 blah. We're stupid. And I want to just acknowledge that we are stupid. But I think that's just part of being a fan of a football team is, like, when your team starts losing, you just get pissed. You're you're like, this is ridiculous. But I am so proud to see what team showed up against Wisconsin. Our defense Definitely. was on, hall, like, 
high cylinders. Our offense looked capable once again, and now we are sitting at six and four. Max, your it, thoughts? It, it it all comes in with the offense. The offense is actually starting to fire. The defense, we can obviously see, has been doing the same thing they've been doing all year. Three points allowed, ten points allowed. The defense has been there. It's the offense that is growing and coming together, and it's beautiful to see. And to comment on our bad takes earlier, one, no one said we were professionals. We are two dudes talking about football. There, we don't have any, any reason to know whatever the fuck we're talking about. You should not take us by heart. If you think, hey, I'm going to be placing bets on all these guys' pick, good luck throwing away your money. We're not good at this. <laughs> Second of all, um, I personally just always like to hedge my emotions. So going into a season, it's easier for me to run along with, damn, Iowa sucks. And then be excitedly or surprisingly happy when they don't suck too much. But if we're right and they do suck, at least I expected it coming. So I just like that little bit of I'm going to spare myself a little agony here. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. I hate like always being hyped up for a game thinking we're going to win. And then it's like, oh, we lost. Fuck. Okay, um, but no, yeah, and speaking of Iowa, I love what Laporta's been doing. Laporta's been super involved in the offense, and oh my god, Laporta's the next great Iowa tight end. We've talked about this so many times, and Caleb Johnson, I want to talk about Caleb Johnson. Our freshman running back is balling out as a freshman. I'm so excited to see him for the next two to three years. He is probably one of the best running backs Iowa's had. Like, fuck Tyler Goodson. I don't care that he left early. I Good good luck being uh, on the practice squad in Green Bay. Fuck that. Caleb Johnson. I love this guy. He is incredible. So, uh... I just like watching him run. He's so patient. He reminds me of, like, Le'Veon Bell and, uh... David Montgomery is similar to David Montgomery patient and hits the hole with fire. And I love that. So I'm and just kind of, I proud. love, I love the two offensive guys showing up and doing great too. But also if we were going to talk, talk some notable players in these games and I think, especially the game against Wisconsin, Cooper DeGene, holy shit, my dude, go off. He is just phenomenal. For sure, yeah, and that's another underclassman. I know me and you, we've talked about all the seniors we lose on the defensive side, but at least we can hold on to Cooper DeGene for a couple years because, Definitely. oh, my God, I love this kid. I love this kid. I know. I'm worried. I'm worried about where our defense goes next year because, yes, we are missing, what did we come to, six or seven seniors? in the starting 11 that we're missing on defense next year. But Cooper DeGene, arguably being the biggest guy on that defense right now, and we're bringing him back, that's awesome. Hopefully that, hopefully that holds out for us, and we'll still have a lot of defensive success going forward just with him in that backfield helping out. Um, and don't forget about Lucas Van Ness. He's been he's coming yes. back too. Lucas Van Ness has been incredible this year, so I'm excited to see him come back. For sure, we still get him, which is also another big help. Um, 
coming up to this week's game, we have we are at Minnesota. So uh, Minnesota's actually been pretty good this year. So that's not going to be an easy win that anyone expects right now. Iowa is an underdog by two and a half. The over-under is 31 and a half. What do, what do you think about this, Avery? Look, all I know is we were an underdog against Purdue. We were an underdog against Wisconsin. And we're an underdog this week. Nobody thinks we can do this. Nobody, everybody saw the sample size of our offense in the beginning of the year, and nobody is giving us a shot. And so I like being an underdog. I like being a frisky team that's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go show you that we can do this. So I hope we go into Minnesota and we just spank Minnesota. I, I hope, hope so we too. just demolish it's like we were. It's like we were saying earlier, too. We always root for the underdog. We always kind of like an underdog in the fight. And I think a big part of that comes from being Iowa fans, being Bears fans. We are more often than not seen as the underdog in the game. And so I think that mentality just plays into it with us with, hey, Iowa's, you know, underdog coming in once again. Like, let's go show them what's what. And... I think I think we have a decent chance to pull it off. I I would take Iowa to cover. I don't know 100% if we win. I think we can. I think we're very capable of winning. But I'd take Iowa to cover for 100%. I think we win. I think we win by seven. Um, and here's why. I've been telling everybody in my whole life that Iowa's going to make it to the Big Ten West they're going to win the Big Ten West, and they're going to make it to the Big Ten Championship. And I've been saying this since we lost to Michigan, Ohio State, and Illinois. I've been like, we got a shot. Nobody believed me. And right now, we control our own destiny if we beat Minnesota. This is no, all on the line. Because Illinois, or no. We do. Illinois has to lose once more. They have but to they lose. But they play Michigan. But they play Michigan, so more Correct. than likely they will lose. But technically, you can't say we control our own destiny. We Correct. technically okay. don't. Yet. Technically don't. If Michigan beats Illinois this weekend, Iowa controls their own destiny if we beat Minnesota. And That's Nebraska. All... Yeah, Nebraska. <laughs> they could play spoiler. Uh, that would be the but, worst uh, thing ever. But I will say, that it's possible. Like, I... I don't think two, three games ago we ever would have been saying, hey, we can contend for the championship. We can questionably get into I don't think anyone had any thought that it would have been even close. Like seeing Wisconsin and Minnesota coming up, they would have been like, no, you guys are losing there. That's not happening. Just it's, it's, a, it's a dream. But right now the way it stands, Avery and I were just sitting there, what, a few days back going – Going through wins and losses, we're like, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, we're in. And even when we talked about it then, it seemed it seemed like a stretch. But since then, we watched Iowa beat Wisconsin, we watched Illinois lose, and we're like, holy shit, it's it's possible now. Like it's not it's not a dream. It's a realistic possibility. So I I hope we get there. Because I think that um, compared to when we were there last year, 
If we get there again this year, I don't think we are going to be embarrassed as harshly as we were then. <laughs> well, and that's the one thing. Uh, if we do get there, as crazy as it sounds because how bad they beat us last year in the championship, I want to face Michigan again. Please, Michigan, beat Ohio State. I, I, we played Ohio State this year. I don't want to face them again. I don't want to We played Michigan. Face. We played Michigan, too. I know, but we played a lot closer to Michigan. We did. So I, we, we I, played that's very, why, very well. That's why I want to face Michigan if we make it. And I, you know, will still probably lose. But, hey, it'll be a very respectable, close game. I, we are 100% going to lose. Our options are between two college football playoff teams. <laughs> if we do win, I will be screaming my head off saying, why aren't we in the football playoffs? But <laughs> um, um, there's no way we win. So we're obviously going to lose. I just want to go compete. I think that last year was an embarrassment, and I think making it again this year would – undo a lot of the damage that happened last year with the entire Big Ten fandom watching Iowa just get absolutely killed, especially if we played Michigan again. And if we kept it even closer than we did this season game, if instead of uh, 27-14, if it was 27-21 or 24, something crazy like that, I think that change maybe not changes the mind of a lot of fans, but at least we put a little respect back on our names after last year's just tragedy. I agree. Um, like what you just said, though, they would not put a four-loss team in the playoffs, unfortunately. But it wouldn't. It would be a fun argument to make. We're Big Ten champions, right? Uh, but <laughs> as so, and imagine like imaginary land. Uh, but. At the same time, wasn't our shot to make the Big Ten in imaginary land a couple of weeks ago? So It was. Keep dreaming. Let's keep dreaming, Iowa fans. Let's keep dreaming. Let's it keep happen. Let's not hey, wake up. It, hey, if the top four teams all just start losing right now, I'm just saying, if no one's undefeated by the end of the season, could a four-loss team make it? <laughs> Feel free to shut us off at this moment. Just uh, we're talking nonsense. <laughs> you, you guys, you guys can go ahead and just like if if this is your this is your point out. Like, all right, I'm done listening to these guys. We've probably lost half our half our guys by now. <laughs> but uh, we'll wrap up football with that, and it's officially basketball season, ladies and gentlemen. I've been following the Iowa Hawkeyes. Avery's actually a little more on the Omaha fandom side of things now, but uh, mostly I'll start off with Iowa at least. They uh, played BCU. What was that? Bet Benfield? I don't even remember Bethlehem the team. Cook. Bethlehem, Bethlehem Cook. Bethlehem Cook. Bethlehem Cook University. Okay. Well, we cooked them 89-58, to so that was dope. I'm sure... You know, that's the way all those initial basketball games go. You get all these big Power 5 boys coming in and playing these um, smaller schools, just kind of getting themselves ready, it seems. So, no news there. We won. That's cool. Next game, North Carolina A&T. That one was a big one for us because we scored 112 points. It was 112 to 71. Love seeing it. 
such a basketball fan. I love how high scoring basketball is. Like when you when you break a hundred in a basketball game, it is just ecstatic. I absolutely love it. And then uh, our latest game that I just watched, Iowa playing at Seton Hall, a Big East team. Both schools were two and zero. Both schools are actually notable basketball teams. It was a good a good team we were up against with some actual tenure, you know, not just like a obvious should win kind of thing. And we managed to pull it off 83 to 67. So I was having a pretty good basketball season right now and I'm loving it. Um, you want to take a minute to go through your, uh, Omaha Mavericks? Yeah. So I've been, uh, actually getting into basketball this year. And, you know, I have watched a couple of Iowa games. I watched the first game of the year, Betham, Cook, and then I did watch a little bit of the Seton Hall game. So I have watched a couple of the Iowa games this year. But it's hard when Omaha is matched up. Uh, they're playing at the same time as Iowa. I'm like, which one do I watch? Um, you got but, two TVs. <laughs> not when I'm at work, and I'm not supposed to be watching it anyways. Uh, but uh, anyways... Speaking of what you said, uh, a lot of these blue blood programs like Iowa, they bring in smaller schools, hence Omaha, to play first game of the year. Well, that happened with Kansas, number five Kansas, bringing in tiny UNO Mavericks to play the number five team in the country. And it would go as you would expect, but I think it went a little bit better. We only lost 84. 89 to 64 and it was a lot closer and in the second period we actually brought it within 11 and so i was pretty proud of our boys um the rest of the year has not been great we lost to our rivals nebraska from the big 10 61 to 75 but we got our first win of the year against idaho and we beat them 79 to 72 and then we lost a nail biter to Ball State, seventy-one to sixty-one. We are a solid one and three, and we play Iowa. So this week coming up, perfect week to intro our college basketball segment as my team Iowa, like secondary Avery's team, but plays Avery's team Omaha at Kinnick, right? Yeah. Uh, at no. uh, Carver. Carver. At Carver. Carver, at right. Carver. Wow, Kinnick. You're right. <laughs> in Iowa City. Is in Iowa at. City. You're right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was going to win. I, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. No offense to your Mavericks. Upset <laughs> alert. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Iowa's going to win. I, um, I was going to blow game, us out of the water. The game is Monday night at 7 p.m. Y'all should tune in. Uh... Chris it's on Big Murray. Ten Network, just is to let it? you know. It's on Big awesome. Ten Network. Good to know. We get that with our YouTube TV. We do. <laughs> so uh, Chris Murray doing fantastic job of filling in the shoes of his brother Keegan. It, it They are identical, and I don't mean that literally as identical twins. I mean on the court in the absence of Keegan, Chris is – he is Iowa's goat right now. He is the guy. He's doing phenomenally, making plays, just using his – it is awesome to see. We also have a lot of returning pieces that are awesome. We have both the McCaffrey brothers. Patrick's a little better, I think, but Connor's still out there to play good. Um, who else we got? Oh, my boy, 
Tony Perkins. Love him. He's playing hard. He's doing great. I I was looking good. I, I got really into basketball last year, and I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing right off the bat of Iowa, especially after beating Seton Hall, and we are 3-0, and about to be 4-0. I, I, hope we, I hope we get ranked. We've had some votes for getting in the top 25, but I, I hope we get ranked after this next week because I, I think we deserve it. I think we get back into the March Madness tournament. I think we go further in the tournament than we did last year. Uh, Avery, what are your basketball thoughts, Iowa, Omaha, whatever you got? Yeah, no, um, I think the McCaffrey brothers have looked solid, especially the first game of the year, both of them. And Murray is performing out of his mind, and so I like that, Uh, especially because he wasn't that great last year, especially uh, throughout the end of the year. He wasn't that great. Um, But I want to talk about a couple of notable guys for Omaha. Uh, uh, Marquel Sutton, our uh, guard, he uh, had a career high of 36 points against Nebraska. And so that's just another Big Ten school that uh, Iowa plays quite a bit, the Cornhuskers. And uh, so maybe he could go off for a similar stat line against Iowa. I doubt it because Nebraska sucks at basketball and uh, Omaha sucks even more. But, yeah, so and uh, we got a sophomore, Frankie Fiddler, that's been uh, he's a post and he's been looking real solid. So I've been really happy with uh, those two guys. But like Max said, I am definitely still a Hawkeye fan, but uh, I do got to cheer on my alma mater. And so I might be cheering for the Mavericks this weekend. It depends. I might just – I might throw on my Maverick hat and my Maverick shirt, and then whoever uh, whoever's winning, I'll just say, you know, there we go. There you go. That'll work. I, I always like the – uh, when you have kind of two different teams or whatever, repping both of them, obviously. But um, I think that wraps us up for this episode. This was a long one. This was probably our longest episode yet. There's just so much to talk about, especially with like last week missing. And, um, and right now we're adding basketball actively into our podcast. So stay tuned for that. And possibly down the road, there might be also two podcasts a week, depending on time restraints. So uh, maybe stay tuned for that also. Definitely what you guys are going to see coming forward is you're going to hear a lot more playoff talk, college and NFL as it starts coming up. We're going to start talking scenarios, start talking teams that are making it. Uh, you're going to hear a lot more basketballs. We're going to get majorly into that. And, yeah, we might have to go to recording a couple times a week, maybe a football episode and a basketball episode. Maybe we'll just make a whole separate podcast for our basketball talk. Who knows? We're, we'll let you know what goes on. We'll figure all the details out. But until then, please. Like, subscribe, go to YouTube, give us a subscription, give us a uh, subscribe, go to Instagram, follow us, like our stuff, just whatever you can, reach out, tell, tell a friend about us, tell your family about us, I don't care who it is, get, get the word out there, there's these two idiots, they do a podcast, don't take their advice, it's funny as fuck when they're wrong. (laughs) For sure, Um, and also, one thing, 
uh, sneak peek because in a couple weeks we might have a certain episode that will be together. So uh, stay tuned for that. But I got two words to say. Bam!